coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. The one very bad piece of advice I was given at the time was don't talk to anyone. This is from her and her side of things. This is between you and me. Don't talk to anyone about it. And I took that advice. You don't, you don't get to throw grenades at my house and then expect me to cover for why their house is in ashes. Hey, what's up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. Thank you so much for joining us. On this show, we talk about What's going on in your life, whether it's your mental health, your emotional health, parenting, your relationships, your marriage, who you're dating, whatever's going on in your world, we're here. And we're going to walk alongside each other and figure it out. And we don't have to agree on everything. We don't have to vote the same way. We don't have to be excited by the same things. But we are committed to to walking alongside each other and figuring out the next right step. Um, hey, big, big day today. We're supposed to launch this with new music, but there's some drama behind the music. But check it out. Check out this awesome, cool uh, new graphics here, man. If you are uh, listening to this on podcast, make sure you check out YouTube today. They did the 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 art guys. I don't know what to call them. The designers. Is that, what, is that their official yeah. names? Graphic designers. Gra- <laughs> or art guys, whichever. Said- <laughs> graphic designers. Not that I worked at a college with graphic design as majors, but it's, uh, they did a great job, man. It captures the, uh, yeah, it's just right. It looks good. I'm, 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 I'm excited. I wish I had that kind of talent. I just usually look at stuff and I say, it needs to be more like Slayer. And there's always one guy in the room who's like, ah, okay, I'll take it from here. Everyone else just sings I can only imagine and around and then they move on. Anyway, all right, let's go to Sammy in Billings, Montana. What's up, Sammy? Hello, Dr. John. How are we doing? Good. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Of course. Thanks for being available. What's up? Yes. Uh, well, uh, first, uh, I'm not a native English speaker, so I apologize in advance. I am a native English speaker, and nobody can understand me either. So we're in the same we're in the same boat this morning. <sighs> okay. So uh, I am a, path- a pathological liar, um, and I don't believe you. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Well, uh, tell oh, yeah. me, tell me about it. Well, uh, I don't know when, it, like, it, it exactly devel- uh, developed, but I mean, it start it start affecting my like job performance right now, and uh, oh, I guess uh, my family life too, and um, yeah. So uh, I don't know how to. Uh, solve this when um, what do you lie about well even the like smallest insignificant thing like i lie about them and sometimes i embellish events and uh yeah and uh i know but what, give get, me some give me some examples what do you lie about well uh sometimes like uh i would be talking to a friend and my wife would ask me about what I was talking about, and it's like nothing significant, but I tend to lie about that. So, uh, um, things like this, and uh, uh, I guess last week uh, I lied about some uh, something I did. Like uh, I made a mistake on my job, like a really small mistake, but I didn't tell anyone, and uh, uh, I guess. Uh, they found out and 
kind of made it worse than it is. Yeah, um, it usually it usually does. How long? Um, yeah. How long have you been in the states? Uh, so ten years. Ten years. So I'm, yeah. So I'm originally from the Middle East. Okay. And uh, how old are you? Uh, thirty-two. Did you lie when you were twenty-one? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I so uh, back home, uh, I had a uh really like uh, my dad was a scary dude. And, uh, I think he, he, uh, so maybe I think I started lying first to him when he was like, would when, ask me about stuff. When you say scary dude, was he abusive? Did he hurt you? Uh, no, but verbally. Okay. Uh, physically, not a lot, but more like more verbally. But some, like some, fi- some physical. Uh, not a lot. I mean, but uh, some. Yeah, like I guess okay. four or five times. Okay. Yeah. Um. And, so, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Let me let me jump in here. So, anytime we have um some type of behavior that, in a way, becomes automated or becomes a habit, it becomes a a, a default setting. I always want to and, and back out. And take a 30,000-foot view of, of the behavior. And I always want to ask one overarching question. In For the last 150 years or so, maybe a little bit longer, the questions we have asked at that 30,000-foot view range from what happened to you when you were a kid to what's wrong with your brain chemistry to any number of, of questions. The question I don't hear asked very often that I'm trying to be more assertive in changing the public's narrative and how we answer, how we approach some of these challenges. And this is where, whether I'm, I'm reaching for junk food when I get stressed or whether I reach for another drink when I get frustrated or when I respond to a text of somebody I'm not married to, because it makes my heart beat a little bit faster. Or if I just default to telling the, uh, to, to lying all the time, the question I want us to ask is what is my body trying to protect me from? Because I'm convinced that all of the all of the architecture of where some of these challenge of where these challenges distill in the brain and in the body cascade out in a million different ways, physiologically and genetically. All these things are all over the place, but at the core is you have a body that's trying to protect you from what getting hit when you were a kid or getting screamed at when you were a kid, um, getting left by your wife, being judged, getting fired from your job and being ashamed. What is, what is your body trying to protect you from, Sammy? Uh, and, 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 this, and by the way, this isn't just in moments when you lie. This is all the time this little machine is running underneath the surface. I guess being discovered. Um, What's, what, would some, what would somebody find? I mean, logically speaking, it's not anything bad, I mean, relatively compared to... Yeah, but let's take logic out the window because logically, not admitting to a small little issue at work doesn't make sense. And so logic doesn't count here. Be honest. What is your body trying to protect you from? 
Can I throw some things out there that might help? Yes. I bet you are, and tell me if I'm wrong, I bet you are profoundly and deeply lonely. I bet your wife is one of the only, if not the only, people that you can truly count on, and even that has a strange hierarchy in the relationship to it. And your friends are kind of your friends, but they kind of work together. My guess is you've got stress about money. My guess is you've got stress about a whole family unit back home telling you what you need to be doing and how successful you need to be. Am I on to the right track at all? Yes. Okay. Um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I have two personalities, like one that's inside and the other is what I face the world with. Okay. I'm, I'm convinced that the, the core human need is this. When you distill everything down, the core human need is this. If people actually knew me, would they still love me? And here's my promise to you. Um, well, let me back out. There is no psychiatric consensus. So if you look at all of the the literature, there's no consensus on pathological lying as a disorder. They even took it out of the last DSM-5 for people who give a crap about that stupid book. They, they, it, it, it's, it's not even a tangible concept, if you will. It's floating around, right? And so we're going to ask ourselves, what is our body trying to protect us from? And you've given me, in just a few short minutes, you've given me some insights. You come from a really abusive home. You're an, dropped into... Billings, Montana, as a kid who grew up in the Middle East, who's learning the language in real time. You're like trying to change the oil on the car as you're driving. You have a job with a lot of stress. You've got a marriage. You're isolated. You don't have your whole community with you all the time. And as you mentioned, you've got an inside guy inside your body that thinks a certain way and talks a certain way and has certain views on the world. And you have an external way you present yourself. Carl Rogers called that um, a lack of congruence. You have to bring the outside, the inside out. Okay? And so here's what that okay. looks like. You have to find people that you can trust that you will say those inside things out loud. Period. I'm terrified about fill in the blank. I hate fill in the blank. The politics of so-and-so makes me want to vomit. If I see another fill-in-the-blank, 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 you have to be committed. And if you cheated on your wife, you've got to say it out loud. If you did some things in the Middle East that you're not proud of and you're here trying to recreate your life, you've got to speak them out loud. You've got to find people that you trust. That might be a therapist. That might be a religious pastor, a religious leader. That might be a couple of close, close friends, but you have to make that commitment. And then when it comes to lying, I want you to change your identity completely, okay? Here's how we do that. I want you to begin to repeat on a daily basis, I am a man who only honors the truth. I'm a man who only speaks the truth. I'm a man who only says the truth. And you're going to have to practice being awkward in those moments. So with practice, it'll get better. 
It will get better only if you go all, all in. This is like stopping drinking. If you're an alcoholic, you can't limit your drinks to Fridays and Saturdays because you'll end up hungover until Thursday, and then you'll start right back up again. This means that you're going to say something. Your wife's going to come in and say, who are you on the phone with? And you're going to say, oh, it was my dad. But actually, it wasn't. It was a friend from work. And you're going to have to stop yourself and say, I just told you my dad. That wasn't true. It was my friend from work. Your wife's going to come in and say, hey, where were you last night? And you're going to say, oh, I had to work late. And you're going to have to stop and go, no, I wasn't. I was out with some friends. I stayed late talking to this woman that I kind of have an attraction to and we probably need to talk about. Whatever the thing is, you screw something up at work, you're going to stop what you're doing and go find your immediate leader and supervisor and say, hey, I just made this small mistake. Here's how I'm correcting it. Or here's how I've already corrected it. Here's how I'm about to correct it. You're going to practice telling the truth. And when you tell it, you're going to feel so exposed and naked and terrified. I want you to feel that. Absolutely feel that in your bones. And exhale. This is the, the, the heading into that storm. I'm a guy who only tells the truth. I'm a guy who tells the truth. I'm a guy who tells the truth. And I will tell you, Sammy... I was a guy that lied about everything to everyone all the time. Always. And then I changed my identity. And now I've become pathological about truth-telling to the point that I have to be careful because I can come across as a jerk about it. But there will only be telling the truth from this point forward. Your relationships aren't worth it. Your mental health isn't worth it. Your emotional health isn't worth it. Losing your wife isn't worth it. Losing your job's not worth it. Tell the truth. Bring the inside guy out. Let the world meet that guy. Be fully you. Be fully you. We'll be right back. One of the most common questions I get on my show is, how do you get something off your chest? Maybe it's a deep secret that you've never told anyone, or maybe it's something that happened to you. Or maybe it's something you've done and you're deeply ashamed about it. You're worried because you know bringing this to light is going to cause disruption in every part of your life. All of us, every single one of us, have things both big and small that we need to get off our chest from time to time. And I say this always, secrets will kill you. But it's often so hard to know where to start or even how to say these things. Therapy is a safe and effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say scary and hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I have personally been blessed to have a great therapist who I can talk to and who helps me get these heavy things off my chest and figure out what to do next. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time, and it doesn't cost any extra money. Listen, it's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. All right, we're back. Let's go out to SLC. Let's go out to Salt Lake City and talk to Eric. What's up, Eric? Hello. Hey, man. Hey, John. Thanks for taking my call. Of Good course. to talk to you again. Yeah, man. And so you called in, in back in 2021 about a divorce. Yep. You're thinking about a divorce. Tell me about that. 
So golly, that's a lot. It's a, a recap was my wife gave me a, an unexpected uh, news. It was on our 11th anniversary that she had been working to get a divorce and I didn't know it was coming. Uh, I hadn't, we hadn't talked about it, divorce or separation. It was never, at least from my perspective on the table. And, uh, I was pretty broken uh, to, to say the least. And I called in looking for some, for some advice on how to, first of all, how to cope and how to move forward and how to work on some of my issues. Did I screw it and, up? Uh, <laughs> no, no. If anything, I was a screw up, man. You, you were, your advice was, uh, uh it, it was potent in a good way. It, it, it was some advice that I needed to hear that I didn't have anyone else to tell me what to do. Uh, namely, the thing I wasn't doing is I wasn't talking to people. I was isolating and, and trying to be private about it. And you said, dude, get some friends in your world. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I took that advice the best I could and furthermore uh, decided to make myself better rather than blaming the situation. And love that's it, what I'm man. working on for a couple of years. I love it, dude. So how can I help you today, man? So uh, without uh, attempting not to get into too much detail, I, you know, the one very bad piece of advice I was given at the time was don't talk to anyone. This is from her and her side of things. This is between you and me. Don't talk to anyone about it. Just, you know, maybe your parents or something, but don't talk to anyone. This is between you and me. And I took that advice. Oh, no. And, uh, did you? I, oh, I did. Well, that was before. That was before I spoke with you. And oh, did I have the same? I did I have the exact same response as I just did? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Oh gosh, you don't. <laughs> you was, don't get to throw grenades at my house and then expect me to cover for why their house is in ashes. Like if you blow my yeah, house up, it, you it, can blow it up. I'm gonna tell everybody, <laughs> right? You don't. You don't get to well, tell me that. Jeez. And, and I wish. I, I wish I would. I had done that. You know, what, what you're saying at the time. I was. I was desperate to save my marriage. I was already in the process before I got the news that of working on myself and being a better husband. And, and, uh, I was, it was kind of, you know, one of those three steps forward, four steps back, two steps forward, one step back, you know, one of those, but I was making progress. And so I was surprised to get the news anyway, the, so I, I tried to comply in order to, in my head, I was, the story I was telling myself was, if I show her I'm being kind and compliant, then she'll see that maybe I am more workable and than she thinks, and maybe she'll come around. And uh, and that's Eric thinking story, that this divorce ever had anything to do with him in the first place. Yes, and that's been part of my journey over the past couple of years is realizing this had a lot less to do with me than I was led to believe. Eric, she bailed on you uh, because something was going on with her. Yeah, y you don't. You don't drop a bomb on an 11th anniversary with no conversations, no lead up, no discussion, unless something's going wrong sideways inside of you. I'm sure well, that it, it, in, in retrospect, you, you've, I'm sure you could have done things differently. Let's make no mistake, but absolutely, bro. She didn't. Yeah. That's not on you. It would be unfair of me to say it was all her. You know, I had, I had my own issues. They weren't nearly to the extreme that she has since led me to believe, but there, there were some problems. Uh, many of which, you know, your last caller was talking about honesty. I had some honesty issues sure. that I had to work on and I've gotten a lot better at over the years. And so I'll awesome. tell him now it does, it does get better. But you also but, heard my uh, question, right? Um, what's your yeah. body trying to protect you from? And sometimes people yeah. develop dishonesty because they grow up in such toxic, sick situations that their body knows 
If you tell the truth here, it's simply not worth getting hit over, over and over and over. And so let's create a neutral path. It's like a, like one of those walkways in a, in an airport, like it's just like a moving sidewalk. I'm just going to create that so that I can have a frictionless life. Right. It's not, it's, it's still dishonesty. It's still a lie. It's still not true. Um, but man, sometimes it, people come by their dishonesty, honestly. Right. Yeah. But so where where are you right now? Yeah. So, so to circle back to your question is I have, I I took much of your advice and put my shoulder to the wheel and I've been working on me for, well, since 2021. And I have come a long way through therapy, uh, built, you know, rebuilding some relationships with family and, uh, essentially making myself be the guy that I want to be. And it was a hard road. It, It was, and is a hard road. It continues to be a hard road. Right. But I like the Eric today infinitely more than I liked the Eric back then. Dude, that's awesome, man. Good for and you. It's, 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 and, I, and your call was instrumental, so thank you. Now, you asked, what is my question? So despite all of my growth, despite all of the progress I've made during that divorce process, because I did keep to myself, what I didn't know is that she was not, of course. And she had been going to anyone in our universe who would listen, including my dear friends and family members with wild accusations that I never heard in the courtroom, you know, such as he was abusive. He was controlling. He didn't let me spend money. He didn't let me visit my family, things that were wildly untrue. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't know what to attribute it to social climate or what have you, but a lot of people, vast bulk of people, at best, decided to cut ties with me. Eric, I'm going to tell you something really hard. I'm going to interrupt and tell you something really hard. Yep. Thank Mm -hmm. God they're gone. (laughs) Here's why. If one of my, if my wife called any number of my buddies, this isn't just limited to my core crew, any number of my friends, if she called any number of her friends and said, John is abusive, he won't let me fill in the blank. The number of them that their first instinct would be like, no way. Followed by, I'm calling him. Or I'm going, I'm showing up at his house. It would be a flood. Mm-hmm. Because I've got that level of trust and rapport with him. They know me. I'm an open book. I'm as, I'm as wide open as could be. Now, if she called her friends and was like, John's always late to everything and he's a goofball and his music is terrible. Yeah, they believe that. No question about that, <laughs> right? But the, here's the deal. The fact that those people in your orbit never came to you with that, never challenged you on that, never met you in your front yard and said, who do you think you are? And gave you an opportunity to explain. You don't want those people in your life because they were never a part of your life to begin with. They were leeches. They were hanger-ons. They were along for the ride or for the party, dude, but they weren't in it with you. And I know it's it's hard when you think I had – it's like having 100,000 followers on Instagram and suddenly they cancel all the bots and you're down to 20,000. And it hurts because you lost 80,000 followers, but you, they weren't real to begin with. That's what just happened yeah. with you. And you can look at the landscape and the number and see how it just – it it went zoop and dwindled down. But man, I'm telling you right now, you're in a better place to rebuild something new. Forget those folks. 
and you, you've listened to the show long enough, I don't normally say that. I have little, little patience at all for friends who don't have the courage to say, let me talk to him. I, want, I, I, mm-hmm. I am invested enough that I'm involved in this because we're, we're, we're close, we're connected, we're friends, we're family. I'm calling him. If, you don't, if I'm not worth a phone call, then so be it. And you know, it's, I'm grateful you said that I I'm, I'm coming around to, to finally believing that my folks gave me similar advice. And I think, uh, uh, to wrap up the background and to get to the actual question, I suppose is, I think it made it really hard for me not to believe the accusations because I thought we were ride or die. I was a guy who showed up when we're moving. I was the first guy to show up. I was the guy who showed up when you're hurting. And I was, I was the one who, as you say, I did show up in the yard. Mm-hmm. I did call them. And so when everyone else seemed to bail, you know, it devastated me. So it that should. leads to the actual question. It, it was despite my growth, I have this, I didn't used to be this way, but I have this really uncomfortable uh, defense mechanism in my body, I guess. That's making it difficult for me to, I thought I was doing everything right as a friend. Why is it that, you know, I guess what I'm saying, what am I trying to, how do I articulate that? I'll I'll answer it because I know what you're trying to say. You got to go again. Yeah. It's kind of like talking to somebody and they're like, hey, I've got this much money to buy a house, but I live in California and houses are triple the the price as they are in Kansas. So is it cool if I just go ahead and buy this? And I, I would tell them, like, math doesn't get a pass in California. And so I would tell you, your wife burned the landscape clean. And you got to yeah. see what trees in the field remained. And there was many fewer trees than you thought. And that doesn't give you a pass on all the loneliness research that exists that says if you don't have a group of people you can be yourself with and be vulnerable with, you will die. And I'm feeling that. You know, it's been nearly two years now, and it's been, I still feel pretty lonely. There are some new people in my world that are getting to that friendship point, but it's definitely a loneliness I haven't felt in a long time. So I guess the, are there any tools that I can develop or get? to help myself open up again and be myself with people uh, to, to, to open myself up, to be vulnerable. The only, the only ones that I've seen be effective at all. And the science on this is, is dismal. Uh, And again, it's hard, right? It'd be really hard to do a, like a controlled study on this, but the two things I've seen be successful is find shared experiences and go first. What I mean by that is, join a soccer team or a softball team or a um, chess club, join an existing thing where y'all can do a thing together where you're not just sitting at dinner, staring at each other and being like, so how do you feel? Cause that's awkward and weird, but go to the fights, go to the fights, go to the fights. And eventually mm-hmm. like has happened. Um, I watched the UFC fights with a group of guys and we, uh, every time there's a big fights, we all get together at one guy's house and we watch them. And after two, three, four, five times, somebody texted me and said, hey, we need to go to lunch. And then things got real. But we had shared experiences. We were cheering. We were laughing. We were bragging and making fun of each other, having a good old time. And then there was some safety built so that someone could say, hey, I need a question about my kid. Or Mm. um, the second one is 
just go first and be weird. You be the house that every time there's UFC, have people over or whatever sporting event or whatever Bible study or whatever thing is like, hey, I I, I just went and bought $5,000 worth of rogue um, lifting equipment. I've got a workout at my house every morning at six o'clock. You guys are all welcome. Maybe one guy shows up, maybe no guys show up, but maybe a few guys will show up and then a, one or two of them will continue to show up and then y'all will go grab coffee together. We all go hunting together. You go fishing together. You go, I, I, I don't know, go knit sweaters together. I don't care what you do, but um, it's easy to get into this um, circling the airport in the plane where you're waiting for somebody to invite you and nobody invites you. And that, that reinforces the message that everyone sucks and that nobody wants to be around you. Or you go and it's a little bit awkward and a little bit weird. And that just reinforces that every, you see what I'm saying? It just kind of, it, it's self-perpetuating. Yeah. So the only way th through it is through it. You have to head into the storm, into the storm, into the storm over and over and over again. And your body is doing exactly what it's designed to do, which is to keep you from getting hurt again. And I wish Ooh, there was any right. other way around it. Uh, you just can't get a pass on math, right? It just is. <laughs> it just, I mean, it just, it, well, I mean, this is, this is the brutal part of getting having somebody break your heart mm -hmm. yep. it's, like, it's like getting bit by a rattlesnake and yet the only way to live is by handling rattlesnakes right you got to go back out there again and risk it again well i've done hard for a couple of years i can keep doing hard for a little while longer i think, no, I, I think that, I, can i can i be super honest with you i think do. you've done peripheral hard which you have to do right you got to keep the, the lights on and the bills paid and you got to keep food in your stomach right I think you're about to enter into the season of super hard. The beauty of super hard is I have found it's, if you will head directly into it, it's not as, as long as people think it is, but it is painful. Mm -hmm. That might be taking six or seven of those folks that actually just completely bailed on you. Call them back, take them for coffee and say, Hey, what stories were told about me? Why didn't you call? Like, was that, was that not worth a phone call? And there might be some closure yeah. there. And people may say, hey, I'm really sorry. Because also, two years ago, it was the middle of COVID. Everybody was crazy. Everybody was scared. Everybody was everything. And so it may be worth you circling back and letting people have the opportunity to say, I'm so sorry. I screwed this up so bad. And you can rebuild something there, maybe. Sure. That seems logical to me. But I would pick five or six of them that you, you love. And if you don't reach out to them, write them a letter that you're never going to send. And just let them, like, get that out of your body onto a piece of paper. I thought I was at least worth a phone call. I thought I was at least worth a confrontation at my front door. If you thought I was really abusing my wife, I was really controlling her and wouldn't let her call out the phone, wouldn't let her visit people. That's crazy behavior. Was I not worth that? A phone call. And quite honestly, Eric, they may say, well, you did this and this and this. And so it was a logical, and you may find out, man, I've really had a lot of growing because I kind of put this image out there. Who knows what you'll learn? But ultimately, the hardest part about broken relationships is that our body puts a GPS pin in there and says, never again. Those relationships got us hurt last time. We're not doing this this time. And the only way to health and healing and being well is with other people. So you got to go again and you got to go again. 
Hey, on the line, Eric, I'm going to send you all of the questions for humans cards for friends. Um, Jenna, like, I don't know, guys night, girls night, friends, couples, and I'm going to send you a copy of Own Your Past, Change Your Future, too. Um, check it out. It's got a whole section in there about making friends. Um, give that a read. And then, dude, call me back anytime. I'm really, really proud of the work you're doing. It's amazing. We'll be right back. Almost every day, whether I'm doing my red light therapy, driving to work, listening to the Gregorian chants on the airplane, or just sitting on my front porch, I spend time using Hallow, my go-to app for music, meditation, and guided prayer. And right now, I'm in a particularly stressful time, deadlines. I just finished a big speech in front of thousands of people, lots of travel. My family's ending school. It's just chaotic. And recently, I made a decision to dive even deeper into my faith and spiritual practices. And all of my life is up in the air, and Hello is helping me stay grounded. Hello is the number one prayer app on planet Earth. They have 10,000 audio-guided prayers, meditations, including daily prayers, daily gospel reflections, psalm readings, daily minute meditations. And there are places for people who are skeptical and new to the whole faith thing, And there are tons of spaces for those who have been swimming in faith waters for their entire life, and they just want to go deeper. Stories, audiobooks, special things for kids, special focuses for mental and emotional health, so much more. And listen, in May, they're going to feature 33 Days to Morning Glory, which is a Marian consecration. And for listeners of The John Deloney Show, you get three months of hallow, all 10,000 plus prayers, meditations, music, all of it for free. Go to hallow.com for three free months of the app. That's hallow.com, H-A-L-L-O-W.com slash Deloney. All right, we're back. Let's go to Zoe in Atlanta, Georgia. What's up, Zoe? Hi. How's it going? It's going good. I'm super nervous. I'm a huge fan. Oh, gosh. Don't be nervous. Thank you for being a fan, but don't be nervous. I am I promise I'm not very good at this. What's up? Okay, so basically, in essence, like I guess a simple question is, how do I deal with having anxiety or postpartum anxiety specifically um, with my husband who doesn't really understand mental health or really like believe in mental health issues? I don't know if that's the correct way to word it, um, but I guess I can give you background information if that's helpful yeah because my first thought is well you should just leave them but that's probably not that's probably not going to be helpful (laughs) um so (laughs) yeah he's from another country so they don't really talk about mental health the way we do here in america so that's and he also has never had any mental health struggles i guess but i've always kind of dealt with anxiety so i have a little bit more experience with that it's not that he doesn't believe in it but he kind of equates having anxiety to stress. So if I'm ever telling him like, Oh, I'm anxious. He's like, what are you anxious about? Like, just go fix it and do what you need to do to not be anxious when it's not really that simple. So he doesn't understand, I guess it's more of a like complex issue where I can't just go do the dishes and then no longer be anxious. You know, have you gone to see a counselor? I haven't. Okay. That's where you need to start. Um, a couple of things. One you can't continue to go to a source for somebody to hear you, to connect with you when they are telling you, I don't know how to connect with you. I don't, I don't even, yeah. I, I, this connection is never going to happen. And so I do think it can happen, but 
you have to decide to stop going to him for that because he can't provide that for you. He doesn't have a, yeah. he doesn't have a cultural context for it. My yeah. hope would be someone who didn't have a cultural context could have a scientific context or have a um, professional context. And so I want yeah. you to go to a counselor and get some support and care there. And at some point, invite him to come with you. Okay. Do not do that at the beginning because you're going to have to be, you're going to have to do the work you need to do to heal the ecosystem that has given you this anxiety. And some of it, it, it if it's from before you were pregnant, there it could mm -hmm. be any number of things. Um, if it's postpartum, then it could be any number of things. But you need to sit yeah. down and get that stuff worked out and begin not, not worked out in a um you need to fix that. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. But you need to get some tools and get some insights into why your body is trying to protect you in that way, trying to take care yeah. of you in that way, mm -hmm. and what alarm bells it's sounding, and then invite him in and hopefully a professional who's got an ability to teach and inform can give yeah. him insights that he's not able to hear from you. Okay. That's, that's helpful. But and quit, I quit going back to, say, to him for it because he's sorry. not going to, he's not, quit going okay, back to him okay. for it. He's not going to give it to you. Okay. And I just want to say he is like incredibly supportive and loving and all of that. It's just, he doesn't understand. So he doesn't know how to like support me in that area and the way that I need to be, you know? So I think it is helpful probably for me to go seek. Well, and let help. me, let me dig into that for a second. When you say he's not able to support me, what what do you think you need when it comes to support? Um. I don't, like sometimes I guess I just want him to be like, you know, I'm so sorry that you were struggling today and kind of give me a hug and things like that. Like I was talking to him about it last week and he was like, because he works from 10 a.m. until midnight, five days a week. So it's, I'm basically a single mom five days a week. And so um, that can just add a lot of stress into my life. And um, so I was talking to him about that last week and he was like, well, maybe you need to go get a hobby, like play tennis or something. And I was like, I mean, I'm lucky if I can shower for more than three minutes at this time. So I'm not really looking to go play tennis, you know? Yeah. But, but um, it sounds like a guy that I'm not trying to give him a pass, but he's not going to be able to help meet your needs and support you in the ways that you need unless you are very explicit in how you teach him. Yeah. How would you recommend I? Just like this. My wife and I have had to come up with a whole different language because like him, when she said she was struggling with something, I just solved it because I'm a genius and I know everything, Yeah. right? And mm -hmm. come to find out my wife is 10x smarter than me. She didn't need my, <laughs> my advice. She needed me just to sit with her and listen and say, that sucks. Yeah. And so she taught me that by saying this. Hey, I know you love me and I know you want to connect with me. And when you tell me just to go play tennis, that tells me you don't even have a clue as to what I'm working through. So can I teach you in real time how to love me better? And if yeah, he says no like to that, then y'all have bigger issues. <laughs> like most men, he would say, oh God, please, anything, <laughs> any sort of data yeah. would be helpful. Yeah. Because here's what I bet happens. 
I bet you reach out and you say, man, today was this and the kid diarrheaed all over me and puked on me and then we had a lunch date and then it got canceled. And he responds with how he would deal with those situations. Yes, and yeah. That, and then he feels you get disappointed and mad at him. And mm-hmm. he doesn't know why his wife doesn't like him very much. And you don't know why. You can't just sit with me and be quiet. It's yeah. all of that. See what I'm saying? Yeah, that's 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 perfect. And it's, yeah, exactly what it is where he tries to help. And he really does try to help, but he doesn't, like like you said with your wife, he's more solution-oriented. So he's like, well, what do we do? And sometimes it's not like there's nothing you can really do. I guess I just want support in that way. So And, and don't, yeah, use, cool. don't use words like support. Use words like, um, my wife will say this, and we've been married for almost 21 years. She will say, Mm -hmm. I just need you to sit by me and hold my hand while I tell you this. And that's a signal to me to be quiet. (laughs) And then sometimes she will say, I'm being vulnerable and I'm going to ask for your thoughts on this. And I'm not going to lie. When she says those words, I want your thoughts. I get so fired up and excited that I can actually feel like I'm helping. Mm-hmm. Because I'm so insecure in my own presence that I think the only way I can help is by running my mouth, which isn't true. Yeah. But she taught me. She taught me. Yeah. The same as yeah. in the morning, her it is her sacred private time. Like that's like it's just such an important time. And so for years, I would wake up and I am bouncing off the walls at 5 a.m. and she is like a like a ghost coming out of a mist, like kind of slowly the, the molecules are finally coming together to form a human. And I'm like, hey, what's up? Ah! And so she had to teach me, hey, you're a lot in the morning. And I had to teach her, it really breaks my heart that you won't at least say good morning. And yeah. she says good morning every morning now. And it's awesome. We have a moment. And I'm quiet. I take my drama downstairs, right? You know what I'm saying? So all to say is we honor each other by not asking each other to read our minds. Yes. We don't yeah. say words like support or um, or care for me or love me. I got to be specific. Got to be explicit. Mm-hmm. Here's what I need. And then you got to be prepared for the vulnerability because if you tell him exactly what you need and he goes – Nah, I'm not doing that. Then you have to deal with the fact that you're married to a jerk. (laughs) But most people just skip straight to jerk and they don't ever give their spouse or their boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever they love the opportunity to fully meet their needs because they don't say them out loud. Right. My guess is if you will honor him by being very explicit about your needs, that he will meet those needs and begin to connect deeper with you and your anxiety will slowly start to fade. Yeah, I really do think that that is the case. He's very responsive whenever I do need anything from him. Um, I think you're right. My problem was like thinking of support as just this general thing and not being specific about what I need. So I think that would be really helpful. For That's us. awesome. And here's how I'd start the conversation. If I'm you, I would start with, 
I've been using these big amorphous words like support and care. And I've left you to, to, to guess and try to figure it out. And that's not cool. And so I'd like to love you and honor you by being specific. And so there's going to be two ways you can help me. One, I just need you to sit by me and listen. Ugh. Or sometimes I might ask you for your insights. And I'm going to ask you, please don't, don't um, give me advice or your wisdom if I don't ask for it. But I promise I'll ask for it when I need it. Just give them that. Give them that. Also, I want you all to try SOS, skin-on-skin -skin contact, four times a day. doesn't have to be sexual. In fact, it usually isn't. It can be if you want to. Knock your lights out, but it doesn't have to be. Just right when you all wake up in the morning, just 10, 15, 30 seconds, holding hands, putting your foot on his foot under the covers, right before you leave, he leaves for work, right when he gets home, um, and then right before bed. And he, he works till midnight, so maybe that's not possible, but do it the best you can to get some skin-on-skin -skin contact. No talking, no solving, no, no running through the ticker tapes, just being together. <sighs> Let that exhale happen. Thank you so much for the call, Zoe. And please, um, if you continue to have postpartum anxiety, this anxiety is new after you've had a baby, um, please go see your OBGYN. Go see your doctor and let him or her know, hey, that you're still struggling with this. Because um, it may be completely outside the realm of just emotional health. Maybe some true biological things going on. Thank you so much for the call. We'll be right back. All right, as we wrap up today's show, I'm going to go with the old classic, one of my favorites of all time. You got to love the great and powerful Don Henley. And these little kids named the Ataris covered this song. And man, I got to say, I'm not a huge remake guy. They crushed it. Song's called The Boys of Summer by the great Don Henley. It says, nobody on the road, nobody on the beach. I feel it in the air. The summer's out of reach. Empty lake, empty streets. The sun goes down alone. I'm driving by your house, though I know you're not home. But I can see you. Your brown skin shining in the sun. You got your hair combed back and your sunglasses on. I can tell you, my love for you will still be strong after the boys of summer have gone. I'm not a boy of summer. I'm more of like a, yeah, just kind of a sad winter boy. <laughs> love you guys. See ya.